Hey everybody, welcome to the Vince Lionel Podcast, episode 61. Happy to be back. We got some fun topics to talk about today. Uh, kind of trying a different format, as you can tell already. Um, you know, I, nothing, no, no drastic changes, just trying something new, shaking things up, seeing how it, uh, how it sticks. So, <clears throat> so let me know if you like it and I'll let you know if I like it too. So today we're going to talk about uh, what we watched. There's some trailers that came out that I want to talk about some movies I saw that I want to talk about all very exciting stuff. Uh, we're going to talk about, uh, some movie news. Beverly Hills Cop 4 finally has a new title, a new director and a new cast. Uh, some exciting stuff there. Dan Aykroyd and Chevy Chase are reuniting for a brand new uh, movie, an R.L. Stein adaptation. Our main topic for this episode is talking about the incredible and unexpected, honestly, conversion to Catholicism from actor Shia LaBeouf, and also about his new film, Padre Pio. This is the Vince Lerno Podcast. Let's get into it. couple of weeks since we last chatted i've seen a couple trailers that have piqued my interest and uh some look good some look uh, i don't know we'll see first very intriguing the first trailer for uh this is gonna be probably come as a shock to some of you my son hunter this is uh what I believe is the first film produced by uh, Breitbart, uh, starring starring Gina Carano, Lawrence Fox, John James, the story of uh, who else? Hunter Biden and the laptop. Uh, it was kind of a mystery who Gina Carano will be playing in this film, and it seems like she's playing a uh, Secret Service agent. Who it's not really clear to me. I don't know the whole facts, but. They're saying that this is a Secret Service agent who in real life um, uh, had some sort of um, sexual happenings with uh, former Vice President Joe Biden. Uh, but it really, um, you know, goes hard on uh, sex, drugs, rock and roll of all, the whole situation. Um, you know, the, the trailer is... As a filmmaker, I always feel like I have to judge things by how I would do it. I don't think the trailer is the best edited thing in the world, but the movie does look intriguing. Um, if nothing else, for just the expose and to see Gina Carano act and uh, kick butt again, because who doesn't love seeing Gina Carano do all that stuff? So we'll see. We'll see how this turns out. Uh, the trailer was fine. And uh, it was a surprise to see, uh, to hear who Gina Carano was playing. Um, there's not much to say because I haven't seen the movie, but um, not not what I was expecting per se. Um, but then again, what were we expecting? <laughs> uh, one quick thing uh, about trailers, and then we'll move on. Something I wanted to talk about in regards to the um, the Pinocchio situation so we got um 
two Pinocchio films coming out. Um, we got the Disney version, which, um, you know, I'll be honest, looks okay. looks like it's a very faithful adaptation. Uh, Geppetto, Pinocchio, Jimmy, Jiminy Cricket. Everybody looks, uh, even, even Stromboli, funny enough, looks very faithful to how they appear in the original animated movie. Uh, except for the Blue Fairy, which I'm sorry. Th- that is the only stupid thing about this, is I understand that you want uh, to diversify cast. Um, but this is bad. Like, I feel bad for this actress. She does not look, you know, she does not look like an angelic uh, Blue Fairy. She looks like, uh, maybe it's the lighting too, but she just looks, she looks like a demon in the night. <laughs> She, she looks scary and that's no fault of the actress it's the fault of of disney and um again this is why it's also not a great idea to just go out of when you're adapting something why do we have to make it look modern it's it's like the stupid debate with uh, the lord of the rings rings of power which i'm not following too closely but i followed here and there they're talking about if you if you're adapting something and you're not changing it then it's a waste of time or you know you're not you're not being a real storyteller which is the stupidest reasoning i've ever heard you do not have to change something to reflect the times for it to be relevant to be for it to be a good story to to justify storytelling if you just tell a good story without trying to lecture, without trying to change what works, people are going to follow lock and step and see what you have to say. That's why movies like Spider-Man No Way Home and Top Gun Maverick and Ghostbusters Afterlife made a lot of money because they're the only movies that I can recall in, in recent memory that have not succumbed to this subtle yet unsubtle depending on who you ask um woke indoctrination and this idea that you have to in order to become be artistically uh relevant and to uh you know be a good artist you have to change and distort and 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 revitalize and and, and modernize what has come before it's such a stupid reasoning. And I see that with this casting choice. Like Disney, you know, probably prepped this actress like they prepped Moses Ingram saying, oh, people are going to be racist to you. People aren't, aren't going to like you playing the Blue Fairy. It's not about her. It's about the decision to subvert what is in the the original movie. And it's also just about like you do this but you make her look horrible. Like, I, I, if that were me, I'd be embarrassed. Like, what the hell? Take my name off this. Take me out of the movie. Reshoot it. Th- this looks scary. This looks like a, a, a weird blue demon about to, to suck out Pinocchio's soul. I mean, obviously, I know she's giving him life, but it looks like he, she's doing the opposite. <sighs> Anyways, the trailer looks fine. It looks like a faithful adaptation. I like the animation and all that i'm not even sure if i'm going to check this out but um you know i i like it enough i'm a big fan of jiminy cricket he's like one of my favorite animated characters so 
well, one thing I will say in favor of this is that it's funny that Tom Hanks is in the movie because I think Pinocchio, like whether intentionally or not intentionally, he looks like Woody. Like he he's just like animated like Woody. He, he there are some shots where you look at him and you just it's like I don't see Pinocchio. I I see Woody, and that's that's actually not uh, that's not a, a insult. That's a I like that. That's kind of cool. Um, if they used Woody as actual inspiration for you know how to how Pinocchio moves and stuff because he's he's got the same joint movements. Um, the same uh, articulation, I think, as, as a Woody doll. Um, so I, I like it. I like it. You know, I like those little details. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I don't know. You, you guys know how I feel about Disney right now. So um, I don't think this looks, this is going to be as good as uh, the Pinocchio that I am most looking forward to, which is the Guillermo del Toro stop motion film, which has been in the works for years i think uh and i see they released a new trailer for that um it looks to be doing what i think good retellings remakes reboots should do this movie this version of pinocchio is telling a very different story but a very familiar story you see that you know geppetto has lost his little boy um he chops down a tree where he he buries his son which I think has Jiminy Cricket in it, and that's how he is thrust into the story, I suppose, and then uses that wood to carve a wooden puppet and make Pinocchio. And uh, there's there's a little more to to it than that. Um, but I, it, it's 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 different. It's very, it's different, and it looks fun, and it looks cute, and it looks uh, like it's going to be a very emotional. Uh, emotional story um, a, a very interesting retelling of Pinocchio um so I I really do think and we, oh my gosh okay I'm scrolling through the trailer and uh <laughs> there's literally um I don't know if the blue fairy is in this movie is is what I'm looking at is the blue fairy or not actually no it is because Pinocchio is not alive yet but oh my gosh the blue fairy in this looks like a demon. What is it with? <laughs> what is it with Pinocchio and the blue fairy and her looking like a demon? <laughs> I mean, like you know, this she's like obviously racially ambiguous, um, because she's just a blue fairy, I guess. But she's got like eyeballs on her wings. She looks like a demon. <laughs> What's going on here? Uh, did Netflix, did Netflix and, and Disney just like sign a pack and we're just like, here we go. Let's let's make the blue fairy a demon. Yeah, let's do it. Let's make the scariest blue fairies we can. What's going on? <laughs> well, b besides that, um, between these two Pinocchio films, uh, which also has a stacked cast, um, I think that. This one I'm going to be looking forward to the most. Uh, hey, there's a crossover Pinocchio's bed at the end of the trail. I wonder what that's about. Uh, yeah, I, I'm I'm more interested in this, to be honest, than I am uh, uh, the the Disney version. 
Uh, with that aside, uh, let me talk briefly about uh, the movies I've watched. Uh, so I've seen uh, two movies in the theater uh, and one uh, on streaming that I'd like to talk about. Uh, the first of which is where the crawdads sing. This is the uh, adaptation, the film adaptation of the best-selling book. I really like the book. I, I actually read the book um, on my honeymoon. Uh, my mother-in-law lent it to me or during the honeymoon, and uh, finished it within like days before seeing the movie in theaters. And I really like the story. It, it's it's so. Uh, it, it made me fall back in love with reading, to be honest with you, because I haven't been the best at reading books. And, and this book, it, it really grabs you from like the first page where uh, her, her mother is, is walking away and, and they describe her outfit in such vivid detail. They, they describe the marsh and the marshland in such vivid detail. It's, it really turned me back on to the joys of reading Um I kind of had to force myself to just like, you know, not, I, I tend to get caught up on details because I try so hard to visualize the world on the page. And recently I've been just trying to teach myself to just, to, I, to just keep going. I basically have to force myself to just not worry about that and try to visualize it best I can and move on just to finish the book. <laughs> um, but the movie so my, my wife and I, we saw the movie together and uh, she loved it. She had a lot of great things to say about it. I was a little um, mixed. I didn't love it. And uh, you can see my review on, on Letterboxd uh, at the Big B 75 if you want to follow me on Letterboxd or just Vince Salerno. I gave it two and a half stars. And... Uh, I won't read my, my review, but basically I said I, the book has such a vivid detail and a beautiful story and soul about, about nature and being um, detached from reality or from society rather, but also being uh, attached to uh, well, desiring like companionship and, and love and, and acceptance um, and the uh, kind of... Uh, balancing act of, of, of the two. Um, you know, like the main character, Kaya, she wants to be loved. She wants to be embraced and accepted, but she also doesn't want to give up the life of living in the marsh because she has grown so accustomed to that. And, you know, there, there is beauty in living amongst the nature and, and learning how to survive the nature, nature. <laughs> and I, I think that's, that's something that we all can, um, learn a little more from, um, not just about accepting others who appear different, but also about becoming more one with the land around us. And that's why I love the book so much. And frankly, the movie was good in the sense that it did its job in adapting the book, but it felt like the spark notes of the book visualized. It didn't feel like it had the same heart and soul and, and and dedication and detail to uh, the picture that this book was painting in my head. Basically, if I would have done would have directed this movie, it would have been a lot different. But um, as far as it adapting the book and telling the story, it, it's a faithful adaptation. And I think anybody who reads the book and wants to see the book come to life in uh, movie form 
you'll be very happy. But if you really want to be moved emotionally by by what's being put on screen, I don't think it does the job. It just felt very bland and by the numbers. Uh, in some scenes are verbatim from the book, which you'd expect, of course, but almost too verbatim. It's almost as if, uh, you know, the movie doesn't really necessarily need to exist because you can just read the book. <laughs> um, so unfortunately, I didn't like it as much as my wife did, but um, she she really liked it and she highly recommended it. So I, I think as as far as if you're if you're wanting a faithful adaptation of the book, you will actually really enjoy it. The other movie I saw uh, this is actually on Pluto TV. I freaking love Pluto TV. Like there's there's so many gems on Pluto TV that you can watch for free. And also just movies that are just like playing. Like I, I turned on uh, Pluto the other day. True Grit from 2011 was on or 2010, whatever it was, um, with Jeff Bridges and Matt Damon and Haley Steinfeld. And I just sat down and watched it. It's like, hey, this is great. I, I, I don't know where I'd have to go to get this on streaming or what service I'd have to pay for, but... It was on Pluto TV for free, so I sat down and watched it, and I love that. Uh, so Pluto TV, highly, highly recommend. But um, I just listened to a podcast called um, Blockbuster, and it's a two-season podcast where they basically do dramatic retellings of the the rise of great filmmakers. Uh, the first season was about Steven Spielberg and George Lucas because their friendship is all you know so intertwined and so pivotal to each other's stories um so the second season though really captured me and that was the story of James Cameron what a story i i really loved this se- that season uh to know what he went through making Titanic um, and also Terminator and Aliens and, you know, everything he did to get to the point of being the most, one of the most respected directors in Hollywood and earning the respect from his father. Like what an emotional story. What a great story. Um, But I was on a James Cameron kick, you know, with Avatar coming out. I'm a big fan of the Terminator films, uh, all that stuff. I was like, I want to watch a James Cameron movie, but I want to watch something I haven't seen before. So I went on Pluto TV, I just looked up James Cameron, and one of the first things that came up was this uh, documentary called Deep Sea Challenge uh, from 2014. And it's about, basically it's a documentary about James Cameron who leads the this expedition um, to travel to the ocean's greatest depths and the dangers and the the uh, painstaking journey it took to to uh, test and uh, safety proof and um, all, all the worries and, and problems and, and, and fears and anxieties of doing something like this. And it's an intense documentary. Uh, unlike any most documentaries that I've seen, uh, he, you get to see some insights into... Um, you know, creatures and locations that inspired Avatar. You get to see you get to see him make history, basically. You, this accomplished film director traveling to the deepest depths of the ocean. Like, come on. Like, who who wouldn't see that? 
knowing what you know about Jim Cameron and thinking, I want to be Jim's, J- James Cameron when I grow up. Like, come on. The guy is a full-blown scientist explorer and a accomplished filmmaker who's who makes great movies about aliens and robots and distant worlds. Come on. Like, such a cool movie. I, I loved it. Uh, it was actually um, a 3D film, so I'm assuming it was an IMAX at one point. Uh, that would have been a real treat to see. These, those are that's the kind of film I would love to see uh, re-released in theaters. Uh, the last movie I want to talk about, and we'll move into our uh, current events, is uh, Fall. This is a movie that just came out this year. It was directed by Scott Mann and stars uh, Grace Caroline Curry and Virginia Gardner, uh, also Jeffrey Dean Morgan and Mason Gooding. Uh, it's about these um, two best friends uh, who are like daredevils, and they you know they climb mountains and 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 uh, do all these crazy climbing expeditions and stuff together. Um, Grace Caroline uh, Curry, her husband, played by Mason Gooding, dies during one of their climbs uh, in an accident, and she's kind of struck by the whole thing. She resorts she gets into depression she resorts to drink, drinking and, and and taking pills um and her best friend played by virginia gardner um encourages her to go on a uh another climb to a to climb a 2000 feet uh abandoned radio tower and they climb up there and they get to the very top and they find themselves stranded at the very top with no way down after the scaffolding and the, and the ladders, um, which are very like rusty and broken down, they break off. So now they have to use their, use, you know, what little survive survival skills they have and their intuition to, uh, survive this, the, you know, the crazy conditions that they have, you know, they only have one backpack, uh, very little water, um, it damn near gave me an anxiety attack in the theater. My my wife and I were gripping each other the whole time. But I really like this movie. Uh, Grace Caroline Curry is uh, she's from the Shazam movie. She was also in one of the um, Annabelle films. She's a um, at this point a uh, oh my gosh I'm forgetting the director's name uh, David F Sandberg. At this point he's a David F Sandberg regular. Uh, she's been in three of his films now, including Shazam 2. And she displays such great range. She has great moments where she's, you know, fun, giddy, and cute. There's great moments where she's just depressed and, and low, and, and, and you you feel her pain. And then there are moments where she's, you know, terrified and, and, and petrified and, and, and given up all hope. Uh, and 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 other times when she's fighting for her life, it's um, incredible. It's incredible her performance, and um, Virginia Gardner also gives a great performance. She's kind of the uh, I'd say the more comedic one of the two. Um, but no, uh, Grace steals the show. She's phenomenal in this. And if you had two other actresses that did not work together. This might not have been that good of a movie, but it everything works. 
Um, some of the effects, uh, the green screens, not that great, but uh, the performances are what keep you hooked. And for the most part, you believe they're on that tower. It's it's an incredible story. Uh, it's an incredible film that really surprised me. I wasn't expecting to love it as much as I did. Um, you know, it can, it can be a little predictable, but you know, for a for a end of summer flick uh, with a lot of suspense, a lot of drama and action. Maybe not action. I mean, if you count her, uh, you know, beating up a bunch of vultures, action. If you count it, if you count that, wow, you're in for a treat. Because I love watching this movie, even though it almost gave me an anxiety attack in the theater. I would still watch it again in a heartbeat. So, highly recommend Fall. Highly recommend Deep Sea Challenger, or Deep Sea Challenge, excuse me, and. Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll recommend where the crowdads sing. If you're a fan of the book, you'll love the movie. Okay, let's talk about some current events. So, uh, first and foremost, I just found out about this today, actually. Uh, I'm a big fan of Beverly Hills Cop. I think it's one of the best 80s movies of all time. It's so funny. Um, the music is great. The, uh, the It just exudes 80s. I'm all about the most 80s things to ever 80s and Beverly Hills Cop is one of the most 80s things to ever 80s and um it looks like uh, Beverly Hills Cop 4 after being in development for the longest time is finally a go uh Mark Malloy who I've never heard of up until this point is set to direct uh the film has a new title and a few new cast members the film will be called Beverly Hills Cop Axel Foley so that's Beverly Hills Cop colon Axel Foley. Eh, okay, all right. It's a title. <laughs> um, the two new co-stars will be Joseph Gordon-Levitt and Taylor Page, which is fun. I like that. Uh, it's kind of cool seeing Joseph Gordon-Levitt pop up in movies again. He's kind of on and off with uh, acting roles. He was in... Uh, uh, Project Power with uh, Jamie Foxx, and then he was—he's going to be in—he's um, going to be in Pinocchio as Jiminy Cricket, which I think will be a, a really good performance. He's kind of making a little bit of a comeback, and I like it. I, I think he's a phenomenal actor and a, and a decent filmmaker at that. So I am very happy to see him uh, him put himself out there again. He's been sorely missed. See Beverly Hills Cop. Axel Foley is written by Will Beale, uh, who has previously written films like Aquaman and Zack Snyder's Justice League. Okay, promising. I mean, Zack Snyder's Justice League is promising. Aquaman, not so much, but okay. All right, that works. Of course, Jerry Bruckheimer is returning to produce the film. Uh, it seems like outside of that, we don't know too much about this film. Um, this is just, this just came as a real shock because uh, I'm a big fan of uh, again big fan of Beverly Hills Cop, and I did not know that this was uh, I didn't know we were going to be getting it um so soon. We got a cast, we got a director, we got a script. Let's pray to God they get it to production because I would I really want to see this movie. Next, we're going to talk about, uh, really quick, Dan Aykroyd and Chevy Chase are reuniting two 80s comedy SNL legends. 
will be back on the screen together, reuniting for R.L. Stein's Zombie Town adaptation. Uh, it's based on a book uh, from 2012. Uh, it follows a 12-year-old Mike who decides to go to see the movie Zombie Town with a friend, but the pair of kids get more than they bargain for when the zombies in the film leap out of the screen into real life, turning their quiet town upside down. It says that Dan Aykroyd and Chevy Chase's roles are being kept under wraps. Maybe they're zombies? Good guy zombies? I don't know. Um, wow, they have not been on screen together since 1991's Nothing But Trouble. That's, um, that's exciting. I, of course, I love Dan Aykroyd. Of course, he, he was, uh, he's my favorite Ghostbuster. Uh, he's one of my favorite actors. I think he's just underrated as a comedic actor. And then Chevy Chase, come on. You can't say no to Chevy Chase. He doesn't do much nowadays, but I'm happy he's coming back. So, um, yeah, I, I, really the only thing I can think of them doing is playing zombies. That's it. <laughs> so I guess we'll see if they're playing zombies or if they're playing uh, uh, bumbling town folk who don't believe them or I don't know. It'd be cool to see them take on a uh, bigger role than just being like bit zombies or something or I, I don't know. I'd like to see them, you know, be be in significant roles. Okay, uh, now let's move on to what I really wanted to talk about. Uh, Shia LaBeouf, the actor known for being in uh, Even Stevens with the Disney Channel, the Transformers movies, Indiana Jones and the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull, Fury, just to mention a couple of my favorites. He has not been in the best of state in the past couple of years. He's been uh, doing some very reckless behavior, um, seemingly sinking into depression and alcoholism and drugs. Uh, we learned that he was in rehab at one point, and uh, I knew he was working on a Padre Pio movie uh, about the saint Padre Pio, the Catholic saint. I did not know how much bearing this film would have on his faith life, and I am happy to see that um, with the release of the uh, interview he just had with um, Bishop Robert Barron, he's Catholic. And he's fully embraced Catholicism and it's changed his life. And praise be to God for that. Uh, that it, I mean, just I listened to the whole interview um, yesterday and it, it makes me want to cry. Uh, just seeing how he talks about mass because, you know, in, in, in Catholic circles, I hear it said, said a lot that um, converts make the best Catholics. Because they don't grow up with this stuff, like they get into it when in in adulthood, when they have full understanding of it, and they just throw themselves into it. And um, you know, I mean, I, I I'm I'm thankful that I am where I am in my faith life, and that I've been raised Catholic. But part of me kind of wonders, like, wow, like what if I was a convert and I had a re a reformation just just to get that feeling of like discovering something new, discovering something that's like a secret. 
And he describes it as that. He describes discovering Catholicism and discovering the Latin Mass as like discovering a secret. You're in on a secret that not a lot of people are in on. And his um, his his commitment to the faith with everything he's gone through and everything I've seen him go through. Wow, like it's a that is a full blown miracle. And to see him talk about it, like he's actually he genuinely sounds well. He sounds happy. He sounds at peace, and I, I couldn't be happier for him. Uh, one of the funniest things he says in this interview, um, is he says that he likes the Latin Mass because he doesn't feel like he's being sold a car. <laughs> and um, a part of me wants to go down the direction of talking about the Mass, the Catholic Mass. Well, this is a film podcast, but it's also my podcast. <laughs> uh, part of me just wants to stick with... Um, the artistic comments he made about film and, and acting. But let's, let's delve into the mass comments real quick. Um, this is why I think Latin mass is so beloved is because it is kind of this, this secret within the Catholic church that very few people get to fully take in and understand and sometimes it can be challenging. It, it can be a turnoff. I have, I have friends who um, aren't the biggest fan of, of Latin Mass because, you know, they don't know Latin, which, of course, understandable. Like, if you don't know the language they're saying, how can you fully immerse yourself in something like that? But at the same time, you know, you have booklets that you can easily follow along in there. They always give you the booklet. Um, even that can be hard to, to follow along with, I admit. But... He talks a lot, Shia LaBeouf talks a lot about just experiencing it. You know, you know the parts of the mass and, and just experiencing, just sitting there and taking it in and, and taking in like the full sacrifice of the mass. Because I think as Catholics, sometimes, you know, going through the motions of the mass, you can, you can easily forget why you're there and why it's why the masses are so important. I, I know that, you know, it's happened to me occasionally. It happens to the best of us. And I think his words need to be taken very seriously. I think a lot of Catholics need to uh, evaluate how they see and how they enter the mass. Because it's one of the most pivotal and important things within our faith to to relive uh the sacrifice to relive the crucifixion and to be in that moment fixated on the the sacrifice that christ made i mean i'm getting emotional just thinking about it um but that's the mindset we should have and I, I think, I hope, I pray that, that Shia LaBeouf has um, really rejuvenated uh, deeper thought for some Catholics into how they themselves are, are coming into the Mass and what they themselves are getting out of their relationship with Jesus Christ. I, I, I can definitely say it's, it's been that way for me. Like, I can't wait to go back to Mass this Sunday or Saturday, whenever I go, and try to, try to, 
try to practice a, a new way of thinking, a new way of going into the mass. And like, you know, like, I, I don't want to sound preachy or lectury. I'm not, I'm not saying I'm perfect. I'm not saying that, you know, I'm not trying to condemn anybody, but I think, it, I think th- this is just something that I think we all should consider. Some people are, are, are at a place in their faith where they're, they're totally, um, fortified or in a, at a, at a great place. They have a great stride and relationship with Jesus Christ. More power to you, my friends. That's fantastic. But I, I think what what I at least am taking away from this is that there needs to be a deeper uh, exploration into what is important to us in the mass. And what is important is that we f- we take this moment. If you don't have time for for confession or adoration, or you know anything else. Uh, to, to give your time to Christ or even just pray, praying by yourself for 30 minutes in the day. You know, mass at the bare minimum is requ- is at least expected and required. And not only just attending and receiving the Eucharist, but really putting yourself in a place of deep reflection and thought. Again, it, again, if you if you cannot do anything else, if you don't have time in your schedule for anything else, that needs to be the one place where you give it all to God. And and, and I, I think that's something I I know I need to um, improve upon myself. I, I I'm not saying this just you know to help for other, to encourage others, but also to, to encourage myself. So. I can't wait to go back to Mass. But this is why this is such an exciting uh, thing that's happened in the culture. Shia LaBeouf turned Catholic. I, I I followed Shia LaBeouf for my entire life. Like, I remember watching him on Even Stevens. I, I didn't really care about what his religion was at the time because I was a kid. But, like, that guy is Catholic now. And, and, and the conversion story and his journey... Man, what an ins- what an inspiring journey! Uh, it, it's it's phenomenal, and I, I hope and pray that he continues on this upward trajectory in his life, and that he you know makes amends for um, past wrongs he's done, um, and uh, you know whatever else whatever else he's done. Um. One thing I want to say, I want to talk about the movie really quick, and I know I'll talk about another insight I got from the interview. So I watched, the, so in addition to this interview, the trailer, the first trailer for the Padre Pio movie was released. And wow, even just the brief snippets you see of Shia LaBeouf in this film, you can tell he's he is doing some transformative acting. Some of the best acting he's probably ever done. And I've seen him do some great acting in my day. You you see that you, he talks about how you know Padre Pio. For those who don't know Padre Pio, I'm not, I'm not I'm not an expert, so I apologize if I'm getting some stuff wrong. Um, he was a priest who had um, this this thing called stigmata. It's basically his hands were um, had these. Uh, holes i guess they weren't like full-blown holes in his hands but he basically he had the marks of christ being nailed 
in his hands, and they would bleed constantly, and he would be in constant agony and pain. And he kind of used this, he became a saint. You know, God called him to great suffering, and he used that suffering, he channeled that into being a servant for the people and for, for God. And, you know, he, he did not live an easy life. He lived a life of great suffering, uh, constant suffering. And it seems like Shia LaBeouf is going, oh my goodness, going all in, all in on portraying Padre Pio's suffering during his, uh, during his life. Not to say that his life was, you know, terrible, but he, he endured a lot, um, but he endured it willingly. And, and that's a willingly enduring suffering, I think, is another conversation for another day. But wow, wow. I, I, was, I was amazed by the snippets of footage uh, seen of, of Shia LaBeouf. Like he really is really is giving his all to this role. And, that, and that's really exciting to see. Unfortunately, and this may be the trailer, because the trailer is not well edited, in my opinion. The rest of the movie does not look good or professionally made. Um, I will reserve full judgment until the film comes out, but like the only thing that's really hooking me is Shia LaBeouf. If, if nothing else, then I would say this looks like another um, generic... Um, you know, Christian Revolution, Catholic Revolution movie, um, that you'd see on uh, on Formed. <laughs> I think I believe that's the service that it's called. And nothing against the Formed movies. Like some of the movies on Formed are, are phenomenal films. Um, even there's even some great films on Padre Pio. Um, they're Italian. Uh, in Italian, they're made by Italian filmmakers, but they're dubbed in English, and they're phenomenal, phenomenal films. So I, I, this is not a, a mark on on quality but i, th I think uh, you know I, I wish i wish that we as, as specifically christian catholic filmmakers that we hold ourselves to a high standard not because we're trying to please ourselves not but because it is good to achieve things to make things of high value it's good to to give and provide value especially for a, a, a saint like padre pio my heart kind of sank seeing the trailer because I was like, the the performance of Shia LaBeouf is is it, it's phenomenal, and, and again just seeing little snippets. But what I'm seeing in the movie, uh, some of the actors and some of the some of the shot choices, some of the lighting, it just did not. Uh, I don't know. I I hate to say it, but it just didn't look good. And, and, you know, this is a trailer. Hopefully my mind will change. Um, I, I feel like most trailers have been a, a decent um, indicator of how good something is going to be. I mean, if you look at She-Hulk, uh, I haven't seen She-Hulk, but I have, I've been hearing very mixed things and I've had very mixed thoughts on those trailers. So I guess the cat's out of the bag there. <laughs> but we'll, we'll see. We'll see when the film comes out. Um, Padre Pio. I believe it's coming out this year. I, I'm not. I'm not 100 on that, but uh, yeah, it, 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 we'll we'll see. We'll see. <laughs> uh, 
Um, last thing I want to talk about is, you know, he talked a lot, Shia LaBeouf in this interview with, with Bishop Barron, he talked a lot about acting and, um, art and how his faith has really informed, I think his acting, which is a great thing. And I don't, I don't remember, I, I, I can't remember exactly what, what was said in the interview, um, I know we talked a lot about how he doesn't like method acting because it gives actors the right to be very douchey to others and to do very um, mean spirited and just weird things uh, instead of just that. None of that stuff has to do with being in the moment, which I agree with. I think acting method acting can be um, it, it, it can be a, a slippery slope. It, it can make you do stupid things. It can make you do dangerous things. It can make you uh, very unlikable, as we see with some actors in Hollywood today. Uh, but I see the merit in a maybe a toned-down version of method acting. Uh, but it was interesting to see, see him break that down. And um, he talked a lot about you know this, some of the saints and scholars from back in the day and how they were inspired by um, you know art and acting and actors and how you know. Our culture has been inspired by act actors are fascinating people because they can pretend to be other people and do that well. They can create, um, you know, imaginary characters and make them real, basically. And I think that's a phenomenal gift uh, in itself, not just as, as actors, but as filmmakers. Just that gift is um, the ability to do that and to do that well, which is what I strive to do every day, um, it is a, a real gift and you know a vocation one thing that i i took away that i i've been pondering a lot is that how the faith can can religion can faith make you a, a better artist and my my answer i've thought about this a lot in in the past couple of years as i've grown deeper and deeper in my faith um even especially you know, going when I did going to college at JP Catholic, my answer is yes. Your faith should inform you as an artist, because you're essentially imitating something profound and beautiful. the 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 ability that to to the the ability to create and to imitate God in such a profound way and to to make something that is perfect and pleasing as god made us you know th that that is uh if that's not creation i don't know what is to be creative and not to to be god or to to mimic god but you know to we we want to um be christ-like we want to um show our love i, I think as artists it's our duty and our calling to show our love for the Lord through well-done art, whether that be films, whether that be drawings or painting, whether that be acting or on, on stage and film, whether that be dancing, whether that be set decorating, whether that be you know holding a boom mic, whether that be editing, post-production, whether that be baking cooking any any form of art anything that is worth doing well that involves some aspect of creation 
you should be wanting to please God in, in that because to do something well and to do it for the sake of God's glory is good and, and pleasing to him. And you don't really need a, a theology major to really understand that. That's just, you know, God wants you to use your gifts and to do to make things and make them well and good and and pleasing and to to others and to share that gift. And I think that's another thing that that good art and faith should compel us to do, not just to, to create art as as a means to satisfy our desire to please ourselves. Like I made this. Look at me. I made this. I am a great filmmaker. But to be great and know that what you have made affects people. I think that's what, at least what I strive for in, in my in my work. And I haven't done a lot of work recently, but, <laughs> but that's my goal. You know, I, I don't just want to make things that are entertaining. I want to make things that are going to really affect people and are going to make people feel something i want people to feel something even even comedies you know uh you know to laugh is a, is a beautiful gift but to laugh and also to feel something in within the humor i think is 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 in a way profound so i, I kind of got off off track but you know i kind of arrived at, 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 a, at a thought that like yes i believe that faith can inform art it should inform art because god created us he created everything he created he gave us these gifts as artists as filmmakers as actors he gave us these talents these gifts and he did not give them to us just to sit around and not use them or to use them for our selfish needs or to to fill our egos which is a lot of what you see in Hollywood, which is why a lot of those actors are unhappy or depressed. And I mean, it's no wonder Shia LaBeouf ended up the way he did. But, you know, thank God he found true happiness in Christ. And, you know, who's to say where his career will go from there? And I think um, that true happiness, again, comes from you You do art, you make art to please um to serve others and not just yourself. And I, I, I you know, it's, I don't know what was going to become of Shia LaBeouf in that sense, but um, we'll wait and see, but he's on, he's on the path. And if you're on the path, I mean, if you're, if you're looking at Shia LaBeouf's life, his journey and where he's at right now, and you're inspired by him to to chase that chase that ambition chase that beauty go for it chase it i i i hope that you find true ultimate peace and happiness because that that's what it's about man using finding god and using the gifts he gave you like those two puzzle pieces combined I think you're set. And and you'll be 
I guarantee you, you'll be way happier than you will be standing up on a stage accepting a gold, a golden idol for a performance you had to give uh, that wouldn't be possible without killing your baby or some something like that. Giving through art. I think that's what we're called to do as artists. And I think that's what all of us need to think about as artists. How do we rise to that challenge? It's something I'm going to be thinking about a lot. Um, Something I'm going to be praying about a lot as um, my wife and I, Kate, uh, as we look to create um, movies, TV shows, whatever we are, we have the privilege of, of, of making to do it well and in doing so glorifying God, but also doing something that's going to affect people in a great profound way and sharing that with the world, hoping that it will have that effect. God willing, it will. Well, we took a pretty profound turn, didn't we? <laughs> Again, um, I, I think my podcast going forward is going to be a little more fluid and flexible. Um, I started out very rigid, like that very first episode with the Ghostbusters inter- uh, re- review and talk. I had like a set list of things I wanted to talk about, and, and like I was going to talk about it in a very specific way. And I think the more I just go off the beaten path, and just do my own thing, talk about what I want to talk about. The more I, I'm, I, I like this. So expect more of this. Expect more of me uh, coming to you guys and giving you my uh, my fresh thoughts on things. So um, thank you guys for listening. I really do appreciate those of you who are listening. I don't. I know I don't have that many followers right now, but um, again, I'm trying to be be more consistent. Uh, and hopefully that'll that'll lead to um, more of you sticking around. Um, if you want to check out Shia LaBeouf's um, uh, interview with Bishop Barron, it's available on YouTube. If you want to check out the movies I mentioned, uh, Fall is in theaters now, where the Crawdads th- where the Crawdads Sing is coming to uh, DVD and Blu-ray uh, soon, I believe. And uh, you can watch Deep Sea Challenge. Uh, with James Cameron. If you want to buy it, I'm sure it's available somewhere. Um, If you want to stream it, well, why would you pay to stream it? You can stream it for free on Pluto TV, which is free. So get Pluto TV. I'm not paid by Pluto TV. I would love it. I would love to be a sponsor for them, but I'm not paid by Pluto TV. Let me make that clear (laughs) as much as I love them. Um, Yeah, please, please, please let me sponsor you. If you guys enjoyed this episode, uh, give me a rating down below. Uh, you can follow me on YouTube, uh, on Twitter, uh, Instagram, all the great social media places out there to follow me. Uh, thanks again for listening. I hope you guys got something out of this episode. Uh, if you did, again, let me know. And again, leave a review down below. It really helps. Have a fantastic day. We'll see you guys next time. God bless. And peace out.